The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome back to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, the illustrious, the beautiful, feeling like a special scutterfly today, Scott Alexander. And right across from me is the one, the only, the Gurmeister herself, the hairiest beast from the east of Portland, Tammy, the Gur Underwood. Say hi, Tim. Hi, everybody. You know, people are going to really think that I'm big and hairy, and I'm not. All righty. So this one's kind of interesting because normally we don't have something with the name in like rubble. You know what I mean? Like usually it's it's like wherever the place is, like the the Scottsdale murders or the Phoenix murders or the L.A. murders. Right. This is the Hamburg rubble murderer. That's right. And you know what's really funny is our other researcher, when we were texting about it, she was saying Hamburglar murder, and then she goes, rubble, rubble. That is, that's actually what I was thinking of. Yeah. I thought Ronald McDonald, I, I know who did it. It's a Ronald McDonald, man. It, it's Ronald McDonald, the the big old clown with Scary the big old red shoes Fucking cra- cr- clown. Hey, I have a picture taken with Ronald McDonald. So anyways, um... This, um, anyone who's ever cracked open a history book can tell you that near the end and immediately following World War II, there were many cities in Germany that didn't fare too well. Hamburg was no exception to that rule. Now, Hamburg, Germany is centrally located between the North Sea, which is 88 kilometers to the northwest, and the Baltic Sea, which is 80 kilometers to the northeast. It's also approximately 289 kilometers northwest of Berlin. Germany and 252 kilometers east of the German-Netherlands border. Okay. Oh, I know exactly where that is, Miss Tammy. Do I you? have been there many times. I was wondering when time. Dieter was going to come talk to me. So, as our Mr. Hamburg, Germany rubber murderer, was he after the Jews by chance? I'm just asking for a friend, um, of course. It doesn't really say. I bet you that he's a friend of mine. Tell me, Hamburg so? rubber murderer. Did you kill the Jews? Did you get them into the showers? You can tell me, your good friend Dieter. Right. So prior to the war, Hamburg was a flourishing industrial city. However, nearly the entire area was leveled during the Royal Air Force bombing raids. After that, the once mighty city was nothing more than a wasteland of rubble and debris from the great industrial buildings that once dotted the horizon. Now, I have, I'll have pictures on the blog of the devastation where people are lying in the streets dead from the bombings. Yeah, the, the bombings were horrible in Germany. Were they, Dieter? How did oh, you escape? They were. Oh, I have my special ways. <laughs> Me and Klaus, we got out. We're not too worried. Yeah. I can't give you all of my secrets, Miss Tammy. If I did, it would might leak out to certain ethnic groups. <laughs> ethnic say, groups, huh? To say the to to to, to say the least, and uh, that could endanger me. We wouldn't want that, would we, Miss Tammy? No. We wouldn't want your good friend Dieter to become um, unalive. Unalive. That would not be good. <laughs> now you you may continue, my first okay. swash. So after the fall of the Third Reich, Hamburg was occupied by the British. As um, 
As with most of the major cities of Germany, the citizens didn't have any other option but to adjust to their new reality. In order to do that, they had to try to rebuild their economy. In 1947, from January through February, in a city that was already devastated by war, the citizens of Hamburg had one more thing to worry about. It became obvious that they had a killer on the loose when several bodies were discovered. These murders were committed by an unknown individual, and after 80-plus years, they have yet to be solved. Klaus, Klaus, they're talking about this, I think. Come and listen. Yeah. Come and see. People from that area refer to the killer as the Hamburg rubble murderer. Now, considering the era, although shocking, nobody really thought all that much about it when the body of a young woman was discovered lying naked in the rubble. She was never, she has yet to be identified and an autopsy determined that she had been strangled to death. However, over the next few weeks, three more bodies were found under almost identical circumstances. A span of several days separated one murder from the next, and the killer was just leaving their victim in one deserted factory, a bombed-out building of their liking, on that particular day. The Hamburg police force were never able to identify the names of the victims, the motive behind the murders, or even the name of the killer. <laughs> silly, silly police. Do you you really, did it, huh? Do you really think that the murders were that um, random? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. They're surprisingly random, aren't they? Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that right, Klaus? Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, we're, oh. A couple of years after the last body was discovered... Rudolf Pleyel, a convicted serial killer from Germany, claimed that he committed two of the four murders. Since he didn't confess to committing all four of them, the authorities were skeptical. After all, it was highly likely that each of his victims was murdered by the each of the victims were murdered by the same person. Not to mention, the Hamburg police have thought the killer's motive was extremely sinister. But I'll get into Rudolf in a little bit. Now, the city of Hamburg, I'm going to give you a brief history lesson. The city of Hamburg, Germany, is known for the culturally rich history. Its origins began during the rule of Emperor Charlemagne. In fact, he was the first monarch to ever build a castle there. Then, in 1189, the city was granted, quote, the status of free imperial city, and by the, de by the declaration of Frederick I, Barbarossa. Not to be confused with John Travolta's character <laughs> No, that is what we said at, at the Copacabana. Hey, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> no, isn't it? No, John Travolta's character from Welcome Back, Cotter. Oh, shit. I can't remember. God yeah. dang it. Barbarino. That sounds right. Yeah. That checks out. Yeah. So in 1942, they had, they had a great fire of Hamburg. Nearly 25% of the area was destroyed. Approximately 51 people lost their lives and 20,000 lost their home. Miss Tammy, that was not a fire. That was a giant party. <laughs> we are party peoples in Germany. We you drink are? the beers. Was it a big bonfire? It was. We were all wearing our lederhosen and listening to the polka music and drinking steins of beer. It's a, giant, it's a party that got out of hand. Okay. Big fire. God, the media. Yeah. 
Um, to top it off, rebuilding efforts from that tragedy alone weren't complete until sometime in the 80s. So over 40 years. Hamburg was an important industrial stronghold for the Nazis during World War II. Therefore, the Royal Air Force wanted to cut off the supply chain of the Third Reich. So they launched a bombing campaign that sent that concentrated on Hamburg and its immediate surroundings. They even assigned the code name Operation Gomorrah to one of the raids. What does that tell you? That particular series... That they need Gomorrah raids. Right? That particular series of bombings killed approximately 42,000 civilians. Christ. If they didn't die as a direct result of the bombs themselves, they perished in the aftermath from lack of food and proper water. Now... Three days after Adolf Hitler took his own life in the Berlin Fear Bunker on A May... A moment of silence for your uncle. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Stop telling people that. I'm just saying, Miss Tommy, if it walks like a fuhr and it squawks like a fuhr, it's the fuhr. <laughs> it's the fuhr. So, on May 3rd, 1945... Hamburg surrendered to the British Army. After that, it was incorporated into the British zone of occupation, and those who remained in the city began the rebuilding process. It's also in Hamburg where the British war crime trials were held in what was referred to as the Kurierhaus trials or Kurierhaus processes. From the time the war ended through December of 1949, the British military held 188 of the 329 war crime trials in Hamburg. The war rest were in crime. Nuremberg, remember? Yeah, the war crimes. War crimes. They all screamed the war crimes. We were just doing our job, Miss Tammy. War crimes. Wow. Pits. So there were a total in the in these Curio House trials, there were a total of 445 men and 59 women tried and 267 prison sentences and 102 death sentences were handed down. And a partridge in a pear tree. So the Curio House trials were responsible for charging the um, SS staff who ran the I I think it's pronounced Game concentration camp. For the deaths of thousands of Jewish prisoners. I wouldn't know. I wasn't there. I was at you, Dachau. You were where? Mostly at Dachau. Oh, okay. So. And Auschwitz. And Auschwitz. There were a total. Oh, I read that. Then in December 1946, approximately 16 former SS staff were tried for crimes committed at Ravensbrück Women's Camp. The trial ended on February 3rd, 1947. And it's in, at its conclusion, 11 death sentences were handed, were issued. Just two weeks before that, though, the court heard ghastly testimony from witnesses and survivors of the women's camp detailing the crimes committed by Nazi officials. However, they were oblivious to the fact that a brutal murder was being committed on the streets of the city, a murder that would mark the beginning of several to come. Now, I'm going to point out here, I don't think it was a coincidence that the trial started December of 1946 and the first murder was January 20th, 1947. It wasn't. They should have let our friends go. <laughs> let my cry. people go. <laughs> the silly pigs keeping my friends hostage. <laughs> now, several children were playing in the streets of Hamburg on January 20th, 1947 at the Baustrasse a small street in Hamburg, located near Landwehr train station. Suddenly, they noticed a young woman's body, and they notified the authorities. 
When German police officials and British troops arrived at the scene, they discovered that the body was in the lot of a deserted factory. And the victim was a woman, approximately 18 to 20 years old. The woman was completely naked, so there weren't any identification documents with the victim, thereby making it impossible to find out who she was or where she was from. On her neck, there was a trace of dried skin, approximately one millimeter wide, which led the authorities to determine her cause of death was strangulation. That mark indicated a thin piece of string was used to choke her. When the citizens of Hamburg learned that a murder had been committed in their town, they were panic-stricken. They had already been through so much with the Great Fire of uh, 1942 and the war and now the trials, they didn't want to consider the possibility of a killer being on the loose as well. Considering how chaotic post-war Europe was at the time, it, was not, it was beyond the, wasn't beyond the realm of possibility that the victim wasn't even a Hamburg local. She may have been one of the many refugees traveling across Germany to get to another country. For that reason, the Hamburg police released the following statement on January 21st. In St. George, the naked body of a young woman was found on Monday afternoon in the ruins of an industrial property on Vostras. According to the Homicide Commission, the woman must have been strangled and thrown into the rubble on Monday night. She is a slender, medium blonde, well-groomed woman with half-long hair, blue eyes, and full teeth, she ha- who has undergone an appendectomy. The Hamburg police requests anyone to immediately notify the nearest police station if a young, woman, a young girl of the type described is missing anywhere. Okay. So approximately five days after the body of the first victim was found, on January 25, 1947, another body was discovered in Emsbatel, one of the 144 quarters that make up the city. This victim was found by some scrap collectors on okay, I'm gonna fucking fuck this up. Lobin, Lopin Berksley at the top of house number two. It was Lopin Berksley. Silly American. Lopin Okay, thank you. Foolish American. Maybe I should learn. If it how wasn't to- for your uncle, the Fjord, I'd be very upset right now. So you hold me in some esteem? I tolerate you. Oh, okay. My bad. For my memory of the mighty Fjord. (laughs) So this was a male approximately 65 to 70 years old. According to the authorities, this this victim's death was eerily similar to that of the young woman the week before. He was completely naked and had been strangled to death. A pathologist stated that his time of death was sometime between January 23rd and the 25th. Since there were no clothing found, they were unable to find documentation identifying the victim. Now, the authorities released a statement in order to identify him. Old man, between 65 and 70 years old, around 6 feet tall, with gray hair, long mustache, slightly curved nose, and blue eyes. He had well-groomed hands and good teeth. Well, let's just say, he had good teeth because they were dentures, but I'll get into that. Next to the victim was a black-brown colored bamboo stick with a curved crutch, and the authorities suspect it may have been the victim's walking stick. Now, detectives thought they might catch a break when they discovered that the man was wearing dentures. However, they sent photos of the plates to every dentist within a certain radius with the request, who remembers making such a prosthesis? None of those dentists had a record to match the photographs. Okay, 
So Hamburg Police Commissioner Ingwersen was in charge of the investigation. He inspired, he ins- assigned Inspector Hans Luhr, a renowned expert in the field of homicide, to be head of homicide division, who was in charge of the inquiries on the case. They both felt it was necessary to warn the public of a possible murder on the loose, which, you know what, after the second body, good. You know what I mean? I suppose. <laughs> now, they told everyone in the area to be wary of strangers approaching them in homeless shelters and waiting rooms. They figured that was the ruse being used by the killer when he was selecting his victims. Then, not long after issuing a warning to the public, law enforcement officials were confronted with a tragic sight. At Billstrasse, a street near Bell Canal, which is a local canal, they came across the remains of a six-year-old little girl. She was completely naked, and her cause of death was ruled strangulation. Her body was discovered in an elevator shaft of one of the houses that was destroyed near a former mattress factory hit by the bombs. Maybe she jumped. Okay. Naked? <laughs> I've, I've jumped naked before. Oh, my God. Everything flapping in the wind. I was going to say, don't give me that image. <laughs> so after her remains were the discovered. E- the answer, my friend, is flapping in the wind. The answer is flapping in the wind. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Like a windsock. Yeah. So after her remains were discovered, the investigation team issued another set of warnings. This time, the warnings asked everyone traveling through the city to walk in the middle of the street for their own protection so they should not be ambushed by the killer jumping out of the rubble or cellar holes. I will say, at least the authorities were doing what they could to warn people in the area that there was a potential danger, unlike what we've seen with similar murders in the past. No, that's true. That's true. I I, 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 I give the the, the Hamburg police department credit for that yeah exactly now keep in mind the uh trial ended on february 3rd 1947 right um approximately nine days after the third body on february 12 1947 nine days later in the ankle monstros is that right area of hammerbrook a bombed out quarter of hamburg another body i think it's with an ah like uncle uh, Un- uncle? Okay, that uncle? makes sense. Uncle. That, 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 that makes the most sense phonetically, I think. Yeah. Especially coming from Germany. They're more ah sound than a, huh? Right. Everything in German is fucking aggressive as shit. Mm, that's true. That is true. They, I have heard said that people who don't know how to speak German can hear two people who are obviously in love with each other in Germany. And it looks like they're fighting. It does. You know, like, okay, there's uh, much like a lot of other languages, there's a masculine and fem- feminine. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for one way to say I love you from, uh, I think it's female to male, is Liebe dich. Okay. And then from a guy, it's Liebe du. Oh, okay. Liebe du and Liebe dich. That so it's, yeah. sounds aggressive. Yeah, it's very, it's very fucking aggressive. It doesn't matter how you put it. That's, that's an aggressive. Yeah, like, it doesn't sound like the French je t'aime. Like if I if I didn't know German, and somebody said that to me, I'd be like, "You did what? Back up, motherfucker!" I'm not gonna leave a dick anywhere. It's like we're gonna have some. We're gonna. I'm gonna put hands on you in a second. What'd you call me? <laughs> right. I'm about ready to choose violence. Oh, you love me? Okay, no, that's different. Okay, that's right. cool. I love you too, man. Just don't come at me sideways with that leave a do, leave a dick thing. <laughs> so. On February 12, 1947, 
The remains of a young woman aged 30 to 35 were found. Her naked body was discovered in the vicinity of Berliner Tour Station. That's a transportation hub serviced by the Underground and Suburban Railway of Hamburg. So, there were eerie similarities between her murder and the others. For instance, she was completely naked and she had been strangled to death. However, there was one significant difference. Her hands were bound behind her back. I found an article posted in the Star Phoenix of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada, about the murder published in the February 13th, 1947 edition. Check this out. This is what I read. (laughs) Naked body found London, February 13th. The body of a naked woman with her hands tied, believed to be the fourth victim of a murderer for whom Hamburg police are combing the the city, was found Wednesday on a rubble heap. Hamburg Radio said a reward of 1,000 cigarettes and 5,000 marks, which is about $500 back then, has been offered for information about the murder. Okay, wait. I go, um, I guess they really won the murder. After all, they were offering five cartons of cigarettes, and today that value alone, depending on the brand, would be about $5,000. No, five cartons of cigarettes? No, five, 50 cartons of cigarettes. 50, that's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. I wrote five. Like, I'm ready to go look for the murderer right now, to be honest, because I need to go buy a carton of cigarettes and fucking, I'm well, just saying. Well, you can get 50 cartons. I man. think I'm ready to solve this murder. I'll right. take solve this murder for a 1,000, Alex. Right. <laughs> so the authorities raised the reward to a 10,000 marks, which is $1,000 a little bit later. However, they continue to warn the public to use the main roads as opposed to the underground system for traveling so as to remain safe. As it turned out, that was the final victim attributed to the Hamburg rubble murder. Um, Law enforcement officials in Hamburg, Germany, knew that an essential key to solving the murders was identifying the victims. Therefore, in an effort to do that, they submitted detailed descriptions of the four victims to the civil registry. They even sent detectives around to the local dispensaries, which were locations where ration stamps were exchanged for goods. And the hope there was to find someone, anyone, who had not utilized their ration card recently. Right? So while a team of detectives were working locations above ground in order to identify the victims, another team was working underground locations, quote underground, you know, places such as waiting rooms at the local train station, abandoned or bombed out businesses and subterranean bunkers. These were all locations where the homeless community sought refuge or shelter. The police reports from that time indicate that more than 1000 people were questioned and approximately 50,000 posters with images of the deceased were passed around passed around all four of the British occupied territories of Hamburg. Now, Inspector Hans Luhr made several observations regarding the crimes when his team went through the process of what we now refer to as crime scene profiling. I just figured out why they didn't catch him. Why? Detective Hans, they should have gone to his cousin, Hans Solo. <laughs> Instead of Hans Luhr. Yeah, just saying. Should have gone to your cousin, Han Solo. He yeah. would have. He would have found him. Would he have found him? Yep. Just saying. So, so Inspector Lure's observations include the following: All four murders were committed over a three-week period. From the fir- from the time the first body was discovered, each body after that was found after an interval an interval of approximately seven days. Although each victim was discovered in a different location throughout the city, they all had similarities. Each victim yeah, was... they were all dead. 
No, the locations. They were oh. all like abandoned, bombed out buildings. Each victim was also stripped naked and had been strangled to death. Due to the lack of clothing, it was assumed that robbery was at least a secondary motive. There was no evidence found on, on or around the body to indicate the perpetrator had vic- in the victim struggled in any way. And all of the victim's bodies were considered to be in, quote, a generally well-kept condition. Which tells me they probably weren't among the homeless population. Right? Yeah, you would think. Yeah. So throughout the course of the investigation, several detectives went out to local pawn shops, secondhand stores, and black market traders. This was done in the hopes of finding out Wait if... Wait a minute, they can still sell black people then? On the um, black market? You said they're trading black people on the market. I just said black market traders. That's where you get black people, right? No, Scott. Oh, my bad. Okay, carry on. It's like the dark web. That's where you get dark people and dark spiders. I'm done. So, this was done in the hopes of finding out if someone had recently been in those locations trying to sell any clothing or personal items that could have belonged to the victims. Again, they turned up empty-handed. At each of the crime scenes, technicians discovered some rubble stones around the body that were pointed like sharpened. And the significance was of that find was that each one of those stones, they were able to detect grinding marks, which indicated that someone had tried to use a tool to sharpen them, right? So when law enforcement officials failed to identify the victims over time, they just assumed that they were all transients. Transients who just happened to be in the hom- in Hamburg at the time they were murdered and while they were en route to another location. In fact, in the 75 plus years since the murders, the victims have never been identified. That's ever. jacked up, man. I know, right? So at one point, Hamburg police detectives thought they had a potential lead. A local landlady came to them and said the male victim might have been one of her tenants. However, a short time later, that tenant contacted her and and the lead never panned out. After that, the authorities failed to find any missing person reports concerning any of the four victims. This led Inspector Hans Luhr to propose a theory about the killer's motivation. He theorized that all four victims were members of the same family and they were killed by the perpetrator in an effort to gain the family inheritance. As part of this theory, he surmised that the girl was possibly a daughter of one of the other female victims, and the old man was possibly a father or grandfather to one or both women who he theorized were possibly sisters. Inspector Hans Lure released a statement related to this theory, adding, quote, I believe more and more that the murdered, fam- the murdered were a family and that the murder is the fifth link in this chain. Now, in April of 1947, a frontier worker from the Harz Mountain Range in Germany was arrested for murder. Police in Germany apprehended Rudolf Pleyel, a 24-year-old who murdered nine... I, I don't spell nine with two eyes. Nine <coughs> um, women and one salesman in the area. He had earned the moniker Der Totmacher, which is the dead maker. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Killer. (laughs) Whatever, dude. (laughs) He had stated that he murdered at least 25 victims with the aid of at least two accomplices. After his sentence, his first sentence, he was ordered to serve 12 years in prison for murder. And was being housed in the Justice Volksastenstalt cell. Very good. Yeah, I had to spell it phonetically. 
That's a high-security penitentiary located in Cell, Lower Saxon, Germany. That's also how we know who your uncle is. Because I spell it phonetically? Oh, no, because you sound just like the Fjord. Thank you. You know, Justice von Kostensalt just stands for prison. Yes. Okay, I didn't know if you knew that. There's a uh, guitar player slash teacher. His name is Berneth, and he's from Germany, and he gives the Russian word of the day, usually. You mean German word? I'm sorry. I'm tired. I got to get an energy drink. But a German word of the day, and it's always a word that has, like, way too many letters. Like, it's, like, 50 letters. Uh, Yeah, this is, like, this long. Yeah, and it's then it's something similar. It's like, this is half a do before I'm beating upon the peanut upon the distance. This refers to uh, the rule of fits. Yeah. And you, you could have just said that, dude. <laughs> yeah, right? Nobody wants to memorize that. That's why Germans don't play Scrabble. <laughs> Ain't just, enough goddamn... That's just isn't not enough tiles. Not enough tiles, not enough room on that damn board yeah. to spell a word. <laughs> yeah. So while Playel was there, he confessed to committing more murders. Upon hearing his confession, prison officials transferred him to the Justice von Stockzenzell Braunschweig. Not to be confused with Braunschweiger. And that's a remand prison. It's there that he drew the attention of Inspector Hans Lur, mainly because in, in his confessions, he stated that he murdered the two young women in Hamburg. After Playel confessed to murdering two of the victims, he was interrogated by Hamburg police detectives thoroughly. He even drew sketches of the two crime scenes and went into graphic detail of the murder. At the time, though, the authorities believed he was talking about the murders of the first and fourth victims on January 20th and February 12th. At first, his claims were credible because the two women fit his victim profile when it came to their age and body type. However, that is where the similarities ended. His previous murders were motivated by sex and greed, and there was no evidence of sexual assault on these women. Even so, detectives took Playel to the last crime scene by the Berliner tour station, and it was while they led him there that they discovered he couldn't have been the murderer. In fact, a highly credible witness came forward and placed him somewhere else entirely. A location that wasn't anywhere near Berliner Tour Station or Hamburg, for that matter. He would Rudolf Playel would eventually receive life in prison for all of the murders he committed. And on February 16, 1958, while the 33-year-old convicted murderer was sitting in prison, he wound up committing suicide. Even then, the authorities do not believe that he had anything to do with the four deaths during January and February 1947. Now, there is also... Another possible connection. Over the years, the Hamburg police detectives made several valiant attempts to solve these murders. At one time, they even tried to determine if there was a connection between them and a series of murders involving local taxi drivers that took place around the same time. Unfortunately, they couldn't even find a sliver of evidence that would leak them. Inspector Hans Luhr always maintained that he was convinced these four murders were committed by one killer. In fact, he also maintained that the locations where the bodies were discovered were just dump sites, that the victims were murdered in another undetermined location and transported to the area where they were found, most likely by car, which also indicates that it was probably somebody affluent who killed them. Because in that area at that time, they were too poor to own vehicles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. So one thing that Inspector Hans Luhr is probably absolutely correct about is this. Identification is and remains the key to clarification. Being that none of the victims have yet to be identified and there have been no other credible suspects for the murders, I think these murders will remain unsolved. 
Well, I think they will remain unsolved until someone comes forward to identify them. If at least one of the victims can be identified, perhaps the authorities will be able to find more clues as to the identity of the other victims and maybe even the killer. Until then, the police reports pertaining to the murders are bundled together in green file folders, and they're actually available to view at the Hamburg State Archives. Now, this is my theory. After going through the documentation that I could find regarding this case, I actually have my own theory. I knew you did. All right. Keep in mind, I've never and will never claim to be an expert in this field. I'm only speaking as an armchair detective who has studied numerous homicide cases of the year. Here's what I think. At the time these murders occurred, the nation was focused on the high-profile war crime trials. In fact, they were in the midst of the Hamburg-Ravensbrück trials. The last body was discovered shortly after the conclusion of that tribunal. Tribunal, excuse me. Although I was not alive during World during or right after World War II, I've done a lot of reading about post-war Germany, you know, because my ancestors, and the trials held against former SS officers and sympathizers. From the information I've read, when the trials were going on, the effects of the war were still fresh on the minds of those who were victims of the Third Reich. Correct? This is correct, Ms. Downing. Yeah, because they happened, like, immediately after the war. So add to that the turmoil of having to rebuild the city after the Royal Air Force bombings during British occupation, it's probably safe to assume that tensions were running high. It's also extremely probable that of those 16 people on trial, there were people not being tried who supported them. These are the factors that form the basis of my theory. Ravensburg Women's Camp was established as a model concentration camp for female political prisoners. From what I've read, the Nazis didn't treat the prisoners of the concentration camps, or any of them, as people. In fact, the only thing identifying each prisoner was a number tattooed on their wrist. That is because, Miss Tammy, they are not people. Yeah, I was going to say, in other words, they did not have a name or identity, so to speak. They shouldn't. (laughs) You're bad. They're Jews. They're not real peoples. Yeah. Although Inspector Hansler's theory about the victims being members of a single family is possible, I think it's more than that. Considering the last victim was discovered around the time the Ravensbrück women's camp trials were completed, I think there might be a connection there. Ugh, I'm choking. Hang on. There's something caught in my throat. In my unprofessional opinion, I saw too many similarities with the deaths of those victims and how victims of the Holocaust were treated. None of the victims had an identity, so to speak. Other than strangulation marks, there were no signs of physical or sexual assault. Each victim was discovered on or near a rubble pile. Holocaust victims were piled up like garbage during the war before they were buried or incinerated. The killer didn't target one specific victim type. Two young women, an old man, and a little girl. Victims of the Holocaust were male and female of all ages. Like I said, the theory is based on what is happening in Hamburg at the time when the murders were committed. It's only my unprofessional observation. So, what theories do you have? I'm glad that you asked. Oh, shit. Miss Tammy, I firmly believe that some of my um, friends from Auschwitz and Dachau... We're continuing the good work of the Fuhrer. That yeah. is what I think myself. Yeah, I think that it, I think that the murders were 
related to the trials that were happening. No, it, somehow. With, with all my bullshit aside, no, I, 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 that's what I think. Because we talked about this many times is that when killers get a taste for what they enjoy, right? they tend to want to keep doing it. So just let's think outside the box. Let's say that there's some SS officers who really enjoy murdering not they, raping yeah that weren't caught yeah yeah they're not they're not raping but they enjoyed the the, the strangulation and and control why right. wouldn't they go to burnt out buildings and do it again and do it again yeah. where it's safe right right and it i think there was a direct correlation because okay you're trying these people for crimes that they supposedly committed during the war but here i am committing these crimes afterwards and nobody's finding me yeah, it's kind of like pissing on someone's shoes. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I don't I don't think that they were all related. No, except for being dead. Because don't think, th- I mean, especially nowadays with all the advancements in technology and science, they would have been able to do, you know, run DNA testing to see if they were related. Exactly. Well, there's comparative DNA. We've talked about this right. before where you can test DNA and then track it to find a common ancestry. Exactly. You know, so let's say that they pulled the uh, DNA off of uh, one of the young ladies. Mm-hmm. They can track that because almost everybody's got their fucking DNA on file now. True. And they can go, okay, we found a commonality with, um, let's call him Hans Smith. Right. And they track it back and they can find out his lineage to find out where she fits in his lineage. Right, exactly. And Europe has more advancements in DNA technology than we do, actually. That is because of my people, Miss Tammy. Yeah, I know. People, pe- people seem to hate the SS, but uh, we were the ones who gave you technology, ungrateful bastards. I know. How dare we? But yeah, so that's the Hamburg rubble murderers. We'll talk for a second. My allergies finally caught back oh, up with me. I was are doing they so good. Up to you? All day, has, I've been great all day, but right yeah, now, Yeah, I noticed Christ, that. Well, I noticed all that. All of a sudden, my eyes started watering, my nose and the ears are all plugged up. Well, you know. Oh, shit. All right. Remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check out the website at www.TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs, type in at Brutal Nation, and we'll pop right up with the full story without any of my bullshit connected to it. <laughs> This show's copyrighted 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved, and we will see you guys manana. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.